Central Michigan Hooligans Unite. This is the CMU Touchline Talk Podcast with Cody Devona and Neil Roseanne. Hello and welcome to another edition of CMU Touchline Talk. I'm your host, Neil Roseanne, joined here by my co-host, Cody DeBona, on a slightly wintry spring day, but still a fine day to talk about some soccer. How are you doing today, Cody? I'm doing well. I saw a couple snowflakes today and it made me feel a little sad, but... uh we're talking about soccer, so I'm bringing myself right back oh, up. Oh, I know, right? Especially after uh, yesterday's U.S. Men's National Team loss. Just a friendly, but still, uh, at least maybe we can just talk it out here, you know, maybe give some therapy to some people who are just stressing <laughs> out after that game because that was a really bad performance. We won't talk about that too much to start out mm-hmm. here. Um, obviously, that's going to be what we're going to be leading off here with the U.S. Men's National Team playing Denmark. Um, later in the show, we'll talk a little bit about El Clasico. A little bit of EPL action, and then some uh, UEFA Champions League power rankings later on. So that's all in store. But first, Cody, to the big news. The U.S. men's national team once again fell apart at an international friendly Wednesday evening with a 3-2 loss to Denmark. Josie Altidore put the Yanks ahead in the first half, but a poor defending let Nicholas Bentner pulled the Danes level before halftime. The second half saw more of the same defending from the U.S., but the but a moment from brilliance from Michael Bradley, Josie Altidore, and Aaron Johansson for a, set up a great tap-in, I should say, for Aaron Johansson. While it looked like the Yanks were set for the win, terrible defending, a common theme, mm-hmm. <laughs> led to another, or I should say, uh, the hat-trick we all expected, a Lord Bettner hat-trick oh, and God. U.S. disappointment. No, it's just a friendly, and I know we're still kind of coming out of that World Cup hangover, but what are your thoughts on this match? For me, I take uh, U.S. men's teams' um, friendlies very seriously because we don't get to see a lot of great competition in uh, in the CONCACAF. Um, so I, I've, I've been a little bit worried, and that game <laughs> was pretty, pretty bad defensively, especially letting in a hat trick from an internet uh, joke of Lord Bettner. Yeah, it's <laughs> just it seemed like almost our back line bought into it. Like you looked at John Brooks and Timothy Chandler, and they were giving him yards of space. So I mean, yards. It seemed like he had a bubble around him at mm-hmm. times, and uh, up until that, we were losing the midfield battle as well. Uh, but once again, I think you got to look at this. This is an experiment. The lineup we ran out, Nick Romando, uh, Gregory Garza, John Brooks, uh, Michael Orozco, uh, Timothy Chandler, Michael Bradley, Alejandro Bedoya, Jassy Zardes, Fabian Johnson, Aaron Johansson, and Josie Altidore. There's about three guys on there yeah. that I actually think you know deserve to start weekend and, well, break in and break out for this <laughs> team. So. I don't know. I think you can just read to it into an experiment, into like an experimental kind of phase. Because really, uh, how else? When else is uh, Jassy's artist supposed to get chances like this? I know you take all these games very seriously, yeah. but when else is he supposed to get uh, chances like this? In your in in your opinion, let's say that you want to take each one of these seriously. How are we supposed to develop though? I think he he's got to be a late striker sub. They put him at what right mid. Mm-hmm. That's. Not the Zardes feel. He likes to. He's good at creating space for himself and not on the wing. So, I don't. I don't think the opportunity. They 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 wanted to give him an opportunity. They put him out wide, and I don't think they gave him the correct opportunity. I think he should come in as a sub and try to prove himself. Oh yeah, because he was. He looked uncomfortable all mm-hmm. day. Uh, I really 
he just didn't seem. I was really excited to see him out there, but he that was not the Giassi's artist that we see at LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. But that almost seems to be a just kind of a theme with Jurgen Klinsmann. It's just him playing players in places they shouldn't be. Like take for example, you had Michael Bradley. I feel like at times we played him in the wrong spot. We need and yesterday. Now he did get that right, even though he shuffled everybody mm-hmm. up. He got Michael Bradley in the right spot right. because that assist was gorgeous. That's what we've been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, and he honestly, for me, that's the player that we're gonna have to look to going forward because we're gonna have we're gonna lose Clint Dempsey at some point, yeah. and we're gonna lose Tim Howard at some point. So who becomes the leader? Michael Bradley. He said a good World Cup, and then he said a bad World Cup. Mm-hmm. So going in the next one, he's got to take both of those experiences, not take the highs or the lows, too high or low, and he's just got he's got to be the guy going forward. And I really think he showed that in this last match. Yeah, I think uh, Klinsman finally, like you said, put him in the right place. He's a great he's great uh, sitting midfielder. He's he's mobile when he needs to be, but he's comfortable there and he can play out the balls. That's a Michael Bradley we know. And I think when they, when he shuffled him around a little bit in the World Cup, put him to the right a little bit, shifted around the midfield. That was not the Michael Bradley we mm. grew, grew up with him going from Roma and you know playing abroad and come back to the MLS. Um, I just I, he played well and I liked where he put him. He's just comfortable there. Yeah, when you look at this midfield though, Fabian Johnson, that's a guy you'll probably see. You won't see Zardes there again. Alejandro Bedoya, I I'm still hot and cold on him. I really do like seeing Michael Bradley and. Uh, Beckerman worked together in more of a diamond formation. Um, uh, obviously, we change the U.S. changes up formations like it's nothing. Like we haven't been able to find that identity. I really do feel like the diamond may be our best effort going forward. That might be how we find mm-hmm. our identity. But um, the other thing they had to look at was that our our uh, our fullbacks just did not cover well. They were they were getting beat one on one a lot. Which with a team like Denmark, they do have some pace. You know, you're gonna see Ericsson get behind you a couple times, but it seemed regularly that they were getting beat. So once again, I feel like for this U.S. men's national team, even now with Josie once again getting into form, but yeah. it's once again that defense and goalkeeping, which well, I shouldn't say once again goalkeeping, goalkeeping without Tim Howard. It's just that little unit is still working out at the moment, and I think it's rough that you can't have Brad Guzan in this match because he's he's. For me, Nick Romano, great RSL keeper, great keeper overall, not a world-class keeper, though. He, oh, yeah. He's not tall enough, and I just don't think he has that killer instinct that you need at the uh, national level. If you look at just that second goal when the little little flick-on came through the box to lead Bettner to his second goal, usually Tim Howard would have fallen on that right away, yeah. grabbed that, would have been fine. Uh, <laughs> Nick Romano looked like that. me out there just sitting and watching that rolling through. So I really feel like... in just for the defense to even allow that to happen. We need to improve our defense, find that next goalie. And then, really, I do think our attack will fall into, uh, fall into shape at that point. Yeah, uh, I think – I don't want to blame it on Nick Romano, but – No, that's I'm not blaming it on right. him. I'm saying I'm blaming it on the defense, but that's just something It's just something that I saw, mm-hmm. at least, that he's he's not no, our goalkeeper. I, I agree. But it, the communication starts with the goalkeeper to the center backs. From the center backs, it moves out wide. And there was just no communication. That everybody, including Romano, was ball watching when the ball's in the when it's in the box, and then they just took advantage of it. Yeah, that's got to be something that just at least with the amount of switching that we've been doing. But mm-hmm. once again, it's right now. It's right after a World Cup. Like I would say, I'm still not that worried. What I am excited for is that Josie Altidore in his past three matches here between TFC and uh, the United States. Three goals. Mm-hmm. So that's huge for him, uh, especially when you see what he could do on that first. Uh, goal. Mm-hmm. Um, my roommate was making fun. I forget who p- supplied the ball. It might have been um, Fabian Johnson who put the ball, who, yeah. put, uh, who played the ball in. It wasn't very good. Actually, it might have been Jesse Zardes. 
I don't know why I can't remember this in the moment, but all why I can't remember it is because it was almost it was this ball that just arced up, and there was like it was, we were just all sitting there like, what's gonna happen? And my roommate said, oh yeah, what a cross! And then you just watched as Josie just muscled oh, off. He's like, get off one me, handed. little humans! He's like, get off of me! And then took it one oh just yeah. right off the bounce. It was beautiful. Good I you gotta yeah. love Josie Altidore in form, but like I. I guess we would be ba- beating a dead horse at this point as a U.S. men's national team fan to say that we need to improve our defense. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> so moving forward, uh, you'd say defense. Uh, any other guys that maybe you saw yesterday that you could see having a maybe just future guys that we wouldn't know, guys who might be sticking around, or was this just uh, Klinsman kind of just seeing? I think he's just whatever. trying to feel it out. Um, I mean, we could. We have a chance to see. I think... I think after this game is the point where Klinsman has to sit down and be like, all right, I really need to think about who we need informed and who I want on the roster for mm-hmm. the Gold Cup because that's a, that's a big tournament that we mm-hmm. need to win. Yeah, and I think after this, they have, they have Switzerland mm-hmm. on Tuesday. That's when you need to start cranking down because after that you have Mexico in the U.S. you got to win that. Mm-hmm. I, hate to, I hate to say that to Klinsman, especially with the international friendly, but you got to beat Mexico in your build in I should say your country, and they have mm-hmm. the Netherlands at home, which is a huge statement game. Maybe not going. Uh, that would just be huge to beat a team that went to the uh, s- uh, the final in 2010 and the uh, semifinal mm-hmm. in 2014 of the World Cup. So you really gotta. That's where he's gonna start building. This yeah. might have just been some maybe last chance. I don't want to call it last chance saloon because a lot of these guys are pretty young. But maybe just a way of getting some guys some caps, just seeing what they could do. What I was disappointed in though was not seeing. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin out there soon, at, at pretty much at all. He came in for, like I think, the last 20 minutes. Just after all the time that he's been sitting on the bench in Tottenham, you got to think that he's going to come back in, and he wasn't used. He's one of our most electric players at the moment. Yeah, uh, Klinsman's made some very odd decisions putting that squad together. Julian Green, has he played a minute? No. Has he played a – yeah. He's, Not since he, he scored he, for Belgium, He much. won't even play for the U21s. Yeah. I, He's some, I mean, he's somebody that could play on the Olympic team, but I don't think that should be the focus right now. Yeah. It's, I, I think Yedlin could too, honestly. I feel like Yedlin should have got some minutes. Yeah. Green should have got some minutes. But, hey, I guess that's why we're sitting here and not getting paid the big bucks. I still believe in Jurgen. I'm not calling this as Same. a – I, I want to say this year is very important for Jurgen. Mm-hmm. Got to win that gold cup. Gotta. He's got to start putting some wins together here. Um, just to establish maybe a run because, like he said, he wants to get us to a, a World Cup semifinal. Mm-hmm. And a good way to at least announce yourself to the world is getting to the uh, Confederations Cup mm-hmm. the year before in Russia and then making a statement there like we did against uh, Spain and then ultimately going on to lose to Brazil in 2009. But still, that's something that's huge, and that bid comes this year with the Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. So exciting times maybe ahead for the U.S. or maybe some tumultuous times. We're definitely hoping for excitement. Um, roster will change, but, hey, what can you do? I believe it's April 15th when they're taking on Mexico. That's the one yeah, to circle on your right. calendars. That's huge. So get ready for that. But other than that, uh, just a disappointment. I just yeah, I agree. I, I I hope that after the Switzerland games, he starts thinking about the Gold Cup and, and the Mexico game. For sure, important. For sure. Well, we'll get off of that somber tone, and we will get to <laughs> El Clasico. It's a fixture that seems to shift the world's access, and it took place this Sunday. Barcelona won the match, but it seemed against uh, obviously Real Madrid. But it seems that all the players' legs had turned to jello, Cody. A 2-1 victory catapults the Catalonians in four <clears throat> points clear of Los Blancos, but still 
It was so floppy. That was yeah. That was. <laughs> I will go on record saying that was one of the worst classicos I've ever watched. <sighs> Yellow cards everywhere, flops everywhere, mm-hmm. and it just like one or two flops. Okay, we know we're gonna see it, but it was ridiculous mm-hmm. out there, like. Uh, Neymar everywhere flopping, and I just, I just, I'm, I'm sick of the whistles. I just get on playing the game, and I'm just, uh, it was, it made me so upset that I just wanted to go and watch Premier League again, where it's a little more, more uh, muscular, should I say? Yeah, and especially just with the talent you have, you should mm-hmm. be able to create some great plays. Now, saying that, big goal from Suarez is a great <laughs> oh, goal. Oh man, beautiful. Ronaldo also very good, and Messi was superb. Got a couple megs in there. Uh, <laughs> Messi always superb. Like. When I guess I guess it would be more shocking if he wasn't superb. Mm-hmm. He was great. Uh, played up to the moment, but what I think really decided the match is that Real lost possession twenty five times, Barcelona twenty. In a match with two superpowers like this, that I really think that that may have decided between a win or a draw between these two clubs. Yeah. Also, that I, I don't. I think he was a bit offside, but that um, that goal called back from Bale. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely gorgeous setup oh, from Real Madrid. Yeah, if only they could have put that in the back of the net, I would have been all for more drama. Speaking of drama, man, Gareth Bale is getting the worst shellacking of his life, was getting his car punched and kicked after the match. He's going through a little rough spat, uh, real rough patch, but who hasn't? It's his second season going through. People are starting to figure him out. Like, where, where are you sitting on uh, Christian Bale right now? Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale. Why did I say Christian Bale? My word. Thinking about it's Erickson. almost the end of a week, man. <laughs> You're thinking about oh, Erickson. Christian Bale. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Gareth. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The the Spanish uh, tabloids are going after him, and I think that's it's a common problem with players that are going to take like cool, great. You got offered what is it, 127 yeah. million? That's great. You don't have to take it though. You take that much money, you're expected to score. 127 million dollars or euros worth of goals, which is pretty much impossible. Yeah. So he he's always I feel like he's got to get out of there at some point if this is going to be a common theme because if if he's expected for 127 million, he's never gonna. I don't think he's gonna get that off his back. Yeah, he's got to start winning the Oscars, Cody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, on all seriousness, he uh, like I don't. It's just funny with Real Madrid how they're able to just. They just take players, they'll hype them up, and then they'll want to sell them right away. I don't understand. Gareth Bale is a great player. Yeah. And I know I know that the mentality, I can only imagine in Spain or in, in Madrid, is that they are going to win everything every year. And I can't imagine that kind of pressure. So, I honestly, if I was Gareth Bale, I would just go back to the Premier League and be like held as a god. Anywhere he goes in the Premier League or maybe even, uh, I, I couldn't see him going into the German League. But other than that, probably he'd almost certainly go back to the Premier League. He'd be held as a god there. So I, it's a, definitely a tumultuous situation. And it's I, Yeah, I th- it's close to home for him too, mm-hmm. though. And I think that's, if, if he's going to get his car beaten after every game, or honestly, like, I, okay, he didn't play that good, but. It's one game. Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, he has been going through a quote-unquote slump, but I yeah. also think that a lot of the problems that people have with Real Madrid is that it seems like players are doing badly or performing terrible, and they it's because you just look at look at them in perspective. Look at all the players around them. If, if Gareth Bale has a bad match where Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, and Suarez are all playing – 
in reality, in another game, he's going to have, he's going to look so much better. But then again, when you get that, like you said, when you get that contract, you're expected yeah. to play as hard as you can and obviously as good as you can week in and week out. Barcelona now on top of the table. They got a four-point lead. Do you think they're still on top of the end of the year? Um, yeah, I think so. They, they, uh, they have a tendency of holding points. I don't want to bring up last year, but that, that was finally a good race for uh, La Liga. But, yeah, I think they'll hold it. I think they'll probably win by the same amount of points they're up right now. Yeah, see, I'm going to bring up last year, and I'm going to say that they're not going <laughs> to let that happen. This year, yeah. this year, I would not – this actually seems like a year where we'll get back to that old – well, I, I guess they really never went away, but the classic Barcelona where they'll go for – what could be a double or treble mm-hmm. since they're alive in, I believe, all three of the competitions. Yep. Um, so it's it's going to be a race to the finish. I'd like to see a one-point deficit, but I'm, I gotta, I'm really feeling really feeling that this four-point uh, wall is going to stand, if not grow. Yeah. yeah. So, I, hey, um, both, both uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid still in the Champions League, so we could we could see an action-packed end of the season here with them facing off there and then also uh, trying to fight for the league. So it's going to be a great finish in Spain, hopefully. But we move <clears throat> over to England, to the EPL, where the last spot in the top four may have been sealed by Stevie G stomping on a man. <laughs> to see, it's a C-red. Juan Mata bags a brace, a beautiful brace. Might want to call it Wanfield uh, after this. <laughs> it's 2-1 victory for Man United. Cody, this has to feel great for you. Oh, I'm smiling huge right now. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I thought we it was a perfect time to run to Liverpool because I thought we had a great uh, a great uh, match before that. So we, we came into the game. Liverpool looked good as well in the first half. They looked like they're really fighting back um, towards the end, and I was getting a little scared because they're intercepting a lot of balls. So Juan Mata gets one goal. But I think, other than obviously the 32nd, Stevie I've G, seen it as high as 43 as I have here, as low as like 29. <laughs> it's it's mythical exactly where the clock was when he got sent off. But. Yeah, I don't know what they told him at halftime because he did come out with a huge tackle against Juan Mata. And I was fine with that tackle. Like, that's an English gritty. Yeah. I'm like, all right, he's really he's setting the tone. But then the kick, I was like, okay. But other than that, I want to say that Fellaini... I'm pretty sure won every single corner kick header. Mm-hmm. He is awesome in the air. Yeah, they destroyed them in aerials, which is weird, especially when you have uh, Skirtle back there as mm-hmm. well, another big guy, but he was just getting just beat. the two of them. Uh, also, well, yeah, so, <laughs> what am I saying? Oh, losing it here, Cody. I'm losing it. It's the end of the semester. It's that. Um, duh. But anyway, uh, Man, uh, what I was in, what I was intrigued with is that man, Manu just kept winning tackles. It seemed like they were winning almost every battle there, going into uh, 28-13 uh, total at whoscored.com. Uh, Mata was superb. He just that second goal with the scissor kick was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's not much more you can say about that besides that maybe better defending. But hey, yeah, if you're gonna was, finish it off of that style, you better finish it off, and that was he beautiful. certainly did. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. At, did you see Wayne Rooney's tweet? No. Rooney tweeted after the game, I was like something along the lines of, great match, lads. Should have let Mata take the penalty kick. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. He really yeah. should have. Yeah. Um, I was a great save in the PK, oh, by yeah. the way, by uh, Mignolet. Definitely kept him in it. Lots of drama around this as well, especially with Mario Balotelli being held back by the fans mm-hmm. to not get a red card as well. Uh, and just, I don't know. With Mata, it just seemed like 
Liverpool just didn't have that one player that was going to carry them to at least get a draw. Man United just seemed to have the player that was going to get them that mm-hmm. three points there. Um, only thing that I really am going to complain about is that Gerard does something very similar to what Diego Costa did. Now I know Diego mm-hmm. Costa has the he He's has the, the aura around him, but yeah. still the way it was played in the media was very different. Um, I can't help but think that that's because it's an English player against uh, yeah, I agree someone who's Spanish yes. and Brazilian, and obviously. Uh, well, actually, from what I've read, Diego Costa actually does not speak much English. Uh, he actually doesn't even refer to John Terry as John Terry. He just calls him El Capionte. <laughs> something like that. It was a little interview they did, which is funny. But I just have to think that that's a little harsh or for Costa, and at least uh, get, Stevie G got off really easy with it. But then again, he is the captain of the country, yeah, so he, what are you going to do? Yeah, he's got he's kind of protected, I think, uh, for what he's done for the for uh, club and country, yeah. So we'll we'll move on through that through the two train wrecks I had there. We're gonna move on <laughs> to the power rankings, where we're gonna rank the eight teams left in the uh, UEFA Champions League. Uh, the draw came out. There's some great matches. First, we'll go to that. Where we'll preview these later. But uh, Cody, do you want to go on the matches that uh, we're gonna have for us here later in uh, April? Sure thing. All right, so on Tuesday, April 14th, uh, we got Juventus-Monaco, and also on the day we have Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid. Oh. I'm working on the accent uh. there. Uh, then Wednesday on the 15th, we have Porto versus Bayern Munich, and then PSG versus Barcelona. That is that is uh, almost as good as a lineup as you could have uh, been given, to be honest. Yes. Uh, I'm very excited with these matches. Oh, man, especially with the uh, rematch with uh, PSG and Barcelona and Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. And then just seeing two very experienced teams going up, two teams that want to kind of break into that top tier. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a great few Mm -hmm. weeks of football there. So to the power rankings. Now, I know power rankings really don't mean much, and they're kind of arbitrary, but I'm just kind of taking maybe the temperature of the teams coming in. Yeah, absolutely. we're going to go here for, uh, should I start at 8 or should I start at 1? I feel like I'll, start, I'll start at 8. Let's start yeah, at 8. At eight. 8, I hate to say it, but I got I got Porto because <laughs> they barely beat Basel and they will be a fish out of water against Bayern. And I just don't think they had, they just did not have a good tie with uh, Basel and I, that's where I think that they're going to be. So uh, I, I can't I can't dispute that. <laughs> at 7, now this one might, this one might uh, bring up a little bit of controversy, but I have PSG. Though they beat Chelsea, I know that's wow. good. That, that might be something. The loss is Latan Hurts. I'm saying I'm taking that team right now. Is Latan being out of there? I have them down. I'm not saying that they'll lose that lose that match or whatever, but I think that they're down at seven. Really, I didn't think Chelsea deserved to really be in that tie. I really thought that PSG was killing them. That's just my thought. Yeah, so uh, that was a great, great match. It was a great match, but I really, I don't know. <laughs> I think Barcelona. Well, I guess I may be reading too much into the next match, but I, I, I think they're down a bit. Even though they did beat Chelsea, think they're down. Yeah. At six, Atletico. They looked pretty poor against Leverkusen. Also, I just think that the team. It's not about them being bad. It's about the teams above them being better at the mm-hmm. moment. Uh, at five, I have AS Monaco. They're so defensively strong. They'll be tough to beat, especially at home. They hadn't let in a goal in Europe until Arsenal scores two in very Arsenal fashion after letting in three That's before true, yeah. <laughs> uh, to lose it. Uh, so that. Um, I- yeah, that's where I think they're uh, they're just solid defensively, and I think that could carry them far, especially against the Juventus team. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that more later. Uh, and for Real Madrid, 
mostly because of that defensive performance against uh, Sh- uh, Schalke. Oh, yeah. Just that 4-3 mm-hmm. at home. You can't lose. Like, Schalke's a good team, but you can't lose 4-3 at home to them. That's just unexcusable, especially with what they did against them last season. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of feel like they may be in a little bit of turmoil with just kind of all the things going with Bale and such. Right. At three, I have Juventus. They look so good against Dortmund. This actually might be the time that they maybe step forward and get to a semifinal or a final, especially with Paul Pogba. Uh, BVB were very good in this tournament, and they just handled them so well. Uh, number two, got to go Barcelona. Uh, they weren't impressive over Man City, but they did the job. Man City maybe a little bit better than people are giving them credit. And number one, that only leaves one team, Bayern Munich. <laughs> seven, I know it's I know it's shocked our John-esque, but 7-0 is a thrashing, especially in the round of 16. Yeah. And I also think they have the most stress-free league at, of the rest of these teams. Yeah, they, they're up by no, what, 12 points? Yeah, some, there's some big, nobody. Yeah. They, can, they can coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's not going to be Pep Guardiola's mindset, but they could coast. So that's where I got them. I got to think that they are maybe the favorites, or, well, they are the favorites going into yeah. these final rounds. I would say, yeah, I say they're the favorites. I have a different eight. Um, I will agree with you that Porto is going to come at eight, and I think I think they're on the rise. Um, I, not a, they, they just got a bad draw. Yeah, that's, they really did. There's, there's no other way to put it. They got a bad draw. So we're going to go Porto at eight. Um Seven, I will go Atletico Madrid mm-hmm. because, uh, like you said, they didn't look great against Leverkusen. And it's also because of how good the rest of these teams are, yeah. essentially. They yeah. just didn't look they, good. I just don't, else, yeah, right? they don't have the depth that a lot of these teams have. Yeah. Um, six, I will go Monaco. Um, number five, I'm going to go Juventus because they lost Paul Pogba. I think he tore his hamstring or pulled Did his he? hamstring. I think he's out. For the next one? Okay. Yeah, I wasn't out. I wasn't sure if he's totally out for that yet. Yeah, I so. think I think he's officially been ruled out mm. um for two I mean, he'll make it back for the second leg, I'm assuming. Yeah, see I'm still I'm still thinking that that with the yeah, second leg. Yeah, but they they out. do have Tavez is back. Tavez is on fire too. So. Yeah, they the and that midfield in general, just looking at all the players they got, I still think that they're strong enough. I mentioned Paul Pogba, but I, even if he plays just one uh, one of those, it still makes them for at least me a three. But yeah, I, no, yeah, they're definitely. I mean, these are all really tight too. Oh, so yeah. um, number four, I will also go Real Madrid on number four. You had them for yep. four, right? Yeah, yep. I will go Real Madrid for number four for probably the same exact reasons. Um, and the fact that their fans are just brutal whenever they have a bad they, game. Yeah, and they already had. Well, I mean. See, the, you can't expect repeating the Champions League is so hard. I don't know why they're so tough. They want another another. Uh, uh, what like, uh, Yeah, another. Uh, hey, what, what would that be? Let I, you know what I'm a Spanish minor and I don't even know what that would be called. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you stop? Okay. It'd be once. Would it be no? It'd be once, but I don't know how to say eleven. No, I'm I'm saying like if they got to twenty. Because they would they would want to win a whole yeah. other La Decima in the next ten years. Oh, with yeah. How high their expectations are? Yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> so uh, number three, I will go PSG for the same reason that they're not going to have Zlatan, even though it really didn't affect him that much in their in their last game. I think I think they're like their their want to win mm-hmm. and their heart really brought them See, to beat Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think they just him. wanted it more. Um, and then number two, I will put Bayern Munich because they ha- I, I can't judge them yet because, they, I mean, they're stress-free. I think even right now against Porto, they're stress-free. Mm-hmm. 
And then I will put Barcelona at number one because they, I think they've proved themselves against uh, the highest quality this season. Yeah, I have a feeling that we're going to see two Spanish teams in the final. That's just me. I uh, don't want to give away too much since we're probably going to be doing a preview for all these games. Mm-hmm. But dream final out of this at the moment is still PSG-Juventus. It would be great to see two clubs. We haven't seen that in a while. But I mm-hmm. feel like we're going to see somebody that was there recently. But other than that, I think that brings tonight's proceedings to a close. I been kind of a dull week for soccer, you know, you're not going to have the same weekend matches, mm-hmm. but hey, uh, I guess in make it through the weekend, come back next Thursday, we'll be here probably, I, I don't know, I haven't thought that far ahead, you know, it's that point in the semester, yeah. it's, everything's going nuts, and as you could probably tell tonight, calling Christian Bale, <laughs> uh, mentioning some people that were out, uh, it's been a long and stressful week. Hopefully, we actually killed some of the stress for you this week talking about soccer, enjoying, or maybe you enjoyed some soccer this week. Uh, Cody, where can the people find you on the Twitters? On the Twitter, it is at Cbones8, Cbones with a Z. And I am at Neil in Sports. And uh, for Cody DeBona, I'm Neil Roseanne. Uh, have fun, enjoy your soccer, and I guess just make it to April. Yeah, watch April the MLS this weekend. Oh, it's coming soon. Yeah, that, oh. Yes, definitely MLS. Uh, huge match. I want to say Philadelphia versus Chicago. That's two yeah. bottom feeding teams. That's going to be a scrappy one. Mm-hmm. But hey, enjoy it this weekend. Uh, we'll be back here next week. So enjoy the soccer fans. See ya.